Our series, Preventing Demotion, part six, is this. Don't be prideful. Don't be prideful. And I'll tell you why in a few minutes we're talking about this today. But first, let's talk about pride. Prideful people, they always think they're right about everything. Prideful people, you cannot teach them a single thing. They can't receive correction. They can't receive instruction or they get sour. They want to quit. They act like you're, you're condemning them and you hate them and all that stuff. Prideful people, they never can admit fault. Prideful people always point out what everybody else is doing wrong rather than take any responsibility for their own life. Prideful people think that their race is better than all the other races. They think that their nationality is better than the rest. They think that what they believe is better than anybody else without ever hearing other people's heart, without ever asking questions and learning. Prideful people are the worst kind of people to hire because they think they know everything there is to know. Uh, Lucifer became Satan because of the sin of pride. Prideful people don't see their need for Jesus. Prideful people think that they can do it all on their own, their gifts, their talent, their wisdom. They don't realize that at any moment God could take their life just like that. They could stop breathing and lose it all. If you want to know how God feels about pride, it says in Proverbs 8.13, I hate pride. Now the opposite of pride is humility. Uh, humble people, they're always willing to receive instruction. They want to learn. They want to change. They want to grow. Humble people will ask questions. Um, you might not realize it, but the most attractive trait you will ever find in somebody is humility. In fact, humility and confidence together is almost a perfect person. Um, the people you're attracted to, and I don't mean sexually, I mean just attracted to in friends or even as your spouse, the things that you're attracted most to about them, you might not even realize it, it's the areas that they're humble in. Those are the things that actually attract you to people. Um, you're attracted to people that ask questions about certain areas. You're attracted to people that love to give compliments to other people rather than receive compliments in certain areas. Uh, humility is a great, great quality. And whenever you go to hire somebody, you want to hire somebody for your business, not someone that thinks they know everything. They may be incredibly successful. They may have a lot of experience. But if they think they know everything, then there's no changes that's going to be made. But a humble person, they can be addicted to drugs, they can be um, addicted to pornography, they can use profanity, every other sentence. But if they're humble, they're always willing to learn and grow and have self-control and ask questions and see, how can I do better? How can I come up higher? Prideful people love to argue. Humble people are quick to admit fault and find their piece of the pie that they've done wrong in the situation. The reason we're talking about this subject today is because it's Saul's death. The reason Saul lost the kingdom was because of pride. The reason God's favor came off of his life was because of pride. The reason God hates pride is because prideful people don't hear from God regularly. They take their own life as the final authority and what they think is the final authority. And they don't recognize this, but subconsciously they're saying, I don't need to hear from God. They don't ask God for his help on a daily basis. They don't ask God for his wisdom on a daily basis. In 1 Samuel 15, 23, the prophet told Saul, Disobeying God because you are proud is bad as witchcraft, which is very, very bad. Because you have refused instruction, you will no longer be king. Isn't it sad that the very thing that caused Saul to lose everything he had was something as simple as pride. Couldn't receive instruction. 
after he um, started getting to be more popular in Israel, after people started you know, referring to him with his title, he kept hearing king, 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 king. After he became uh, very powerful, after he started subduing some of the um, Philistines and other kingdoms, he got proud. And the priest couldn't tell him nothing. God couldn't tell him nothing. Even when he did do wrong, God would ask him a question, why did you do this? And instead of him saying, I did it and I'm sorry. I'm sorry I did it. Please forgive me. He would have an excuse after an excuse after an excuse for why he disobeyed God. What's sad about pride is the number one attitude that a person can have where God commands you do not waste your time with this person is the attitude of pride. Proverbs 9, 6 says, do not waste your time on prideful people. Here's the result, or you're going to suffer abuse. It doesn't just say don't do it, it says you're going to suffer. This means your child that's full of pride, your spouse, your friend, your coworker, even if you love them and they have a great personality and you think they're awesome, if they're full of pride, God commands you, don't waste your time. Don't waste your money, don't waste your energy, because here's what's going to happen. You're going to suffer. You're going to lose money, you're going to lose energy, you're going to lose emotional energy that you need. There's a New Testament scripture that says this same thing. Jesus said in Matthew 7, 6, Do not throw your pearls to pigs. If you do, they'll trample all over them and they'll turn on you. Your pearls are your wisdom, your caring, your money, your energy. Pigs are not policemen. Pigs are people who don't want to change. People who don't want to grow. You can, you can have 20 people tell them, listen, man, in this area, you just keep making, you got to do something, and they refuse to receive instruction. They make an excuse for why they keep doing it over and over again. Prideful people, they'll, they'll turn around and blame it on you why they're not succeeding in life. You didn't give me enough money. You weren't there for me when I needed you. You didn't, you know, call me whenever I needed a friend, and I, I need you to bail me out of that. And you did, They'll always turn around and blame it on you because they're full of pride. Isn't it so sad that God says, don't waste your time with this human who I love, who I gave my life for. You are wasting what you have if they're full of pride. Let them suffer the result of their choices. Let them get to a place like the prodigal son where all of a sudden they humble themselves and say, you know what, I made a mistake. I'm willing to be a servant in my home if that's what it takes. The Bible says when the prodigal son came to his senses and said that, everything changed. He went from pride to humility just like that. But it's because people weren't bailing him out. It's because all he had left was pig slop. That was the result of his own poor choices. He humbled himself and he got the royal robe, the royal ring, and everything in his life changed. So don't waste your time with prideful people. So here's what I did today. Because you're going to say, you know, how do I know they're prideful or not? I actually gave you on your handout a prideful test to see... How prideful you are. There's 10 questions, and they range, the numbers range from 1 to 10, so your goal is to pass. Uh, passing is over 70, okay? But here's the key. If you're prideful, you're not going to say you're prideful. If you're prideful on this test, you're going to mark it as if you're humble because you're full of pride. So the test isn't for you to take. The test is for somebody else in this room to take for you. Isn't that so exciting? Now, if you're here by yourself, then you take it on yourself, and you can email it or take a picture of it, send it to your kids or your friend or your spouse, and see if they agree with your assessment. But if you're in this room and somebody else is here with you, they get to take the test for you, and you get to take it for them. Isn't that so cool? 
That's so exciting. So like Bob will take it for Cindy. Cindy will take it for Bob. Um, Randy will take it for Linda. Montana will take it for Linda. The grandkids will take it for Linda. And see, this is what we'll do it. <laughs> now, my beautiful wife is doing the PowerPoint, so she can't take it for me. My son's doing the camera, and if Trisha takes the test for me, I'm going to fire her. So here's what I need you all to do. <laughs> so you write down the person's name and whom you're going to take the test for. Mark, take it for Caitlin. Caitlin for Mark. See, like, this is just great, isn't it? I mean, like, Barry for Alyssa. How exciting. Aren't you so glad you came to church today? I put on Facebook yesterday, I said, bring somebody you don't like to church this Sunday. See? Because you get to take the test for them. Okay, so write down the person's name and whom you're about to take the test for. Okay, you're answering the questions for them. And then someone will take the test for you, vice versa. And um, <laughs> this is just a great, great day at Solid Rock. This is what it's all about. Where's Velma at, Angel? Is Vilma, she's, where are you? Oh, there, okay, is Vilma take it for Angel? And um, <laughs> Elena, you can take it for your mom or dad. Which one? Which one do you think is more prideful? Okay, got it. Okay, I won't, I won't tell who she pointed to. Anyway, here we go. <laughs> she didn't point to Vilma. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Okay, ready? So here we go. Everybody ready, right? So do you understand how the test works? You're going to circle the one that's closest to what this person is like. A. The prideful side or the saw side, I point out unrelated flaws in others. Or the humble side, I'm aware of my own personal flesh patterns. So from 1 to 10, you want to circle. 1 would be incredibly prideful. 1 would be I always point out unrelated flaws in others. 4 or 5 would be sometimes. 6 or 7 would be I sometimes I'm more aware of my own personal flesh patterns. Basically, here's what it's saying. Are you more aware of your sins or somebody else's? Or the person you're taking the test for. Are they more aware of someone else's sins or are they more aware of their own sins? Let me give you a, a, a story, a little example about this that's very, very embarrassing for me. It actually hurts my heart tremendously. Um, but all my life growing up, my parents would always videotape our Christmases. You know, we open up presents and stuff. So I took that as a, I did that with my kids. Since I was 17 years old, I had my first kid. And um, I would always videotape our Christmas. And this before there were cell phones. So you'd set up the camera and, you know, that kind of thing. Well, several years ago when my kids were little, I decided to watch one of the Christmas videos. And when I saw myself on camera, I was so dismayed. I was incredibly obnoxious. I was loud. I was rude to my family. I would yell at my kid because they threw wrapping paper on the ground and not in the bag that I sat out. I would fuss at them because they opened their presents up too fast. If I did say anything nice, it was loud and in your face. And I was so hurt and embarrassed by how I acted. And I, and I said, am I always like this? And sure enough, I was always like that. And I thought, man, i got to make a change. This is painful. It's amazing how many people are unaware of how everyone else sees them. I mean, they're so unaware of it. I mean, amazing. I, I've recognized this. A lot of people, they just have no clue that they're a certain way they are. And so that's why someone else is taking the test for you. But anyway, so that's how you would figure this one out. Are you more aware of your sins or someone else's? You can't tell your spouse what to write for you now. I just saw some cheating going on over on stage left. You can't do that. You can't, you put, I can't believe you put that on there. I'm way more humble than that. I'm very proud of how humble I am. Uh, B, I always think I'm right. Or I'm sorry, I think I'm always right. Or I'm quick to admit fault. Now, it doesn't say, are you always right or not. You may actually be very smart and always be right. It doesn't say that. It says you think you're always right. That's the problem. When you always think you're right, 
Or are you quick to admit fault? Now, these aren't exact opposites, but still, one's humble and one's prideful. So you want to put on there uh, which one you are more apt to, humble or prideful. Let me give you a story about this one. In 2 Chronicles 26, a king that came after David was named Uzziah. In 2 Chronicles 26, verse 16, it's not up there, but it says, When King Uzziah became strong, his heart filled with pride, and this led to his downfall. And here's what happened with Uzziah. Uzziah was the king, and he thought he could do whatever he wanted to. He was always right, and no one could tell him what to do. The priests were the only ones allowed to burn incense in the temple. Uzziah went to go burn some incense, and 81 priests, everybody say 81 priests. That's a lot of people. 81 priests tried to warn him. 81, not 18, not 28, not 48, not 50, not even 80, but 81 priests said, Uzziah, you can't do this. You can't do it. How many times in our life, throughout our life, have we had doctors, counselors, teachers, professors, coaches, parents, friends say, dude, you got a problem in this area, man. you got to do something, and they don't want to hear it. The Bible says in 2 Chronicles 26, 19, Uzziah was standing next to the altar holding the incense. When the priests warned him, he lost his temper, leprosy broke out, and he died. Some people just can't, you can't tell them nothing. Can't tell them nothing. See, here we go. Y'all better not be going ahead of me, and the scriptures will be up there for the next sermon. See, um, I get easily offended, or I realize that I also make mistakes. Now, one of the highest levels of pride and arrogance is getting easily offended, I'll tell you. Especially when you say, that, I can't believe they did that. Can you believe they acted like that? I can't believe they said that. What you're saying is, you're not upset that they sinned, you're upset they affected you. It's not like, I'm so upset they hurt Jesus, and how could they do that to Jesus? You're upset that their sin or their offense affected your life. That's the highest level of pride and arrogance is getting easily offended. It's the highest level. Or people that don't get offended, here's their attitude. Dude, I make mistakes too. I make just as many mistakes as they do. They need to be shown mercy. D, I get defensive when I'm corrected. <laughs> or I'm very open to instruction from wise people. I put wise people because... Don't receive instruction, even if it's your friend, if they have no experience in life, no wisdom, or they don't love Jesus, or whatever the case is. But some people just want to get yes men around them. But are you open to instruction, or are you defensive when you're corrected? Proverbs 15.32, you hurt only yourself by rejecting instruction. If you accept correction, you will become wiser. Some people, if you give them the slightest bit of correction, they're sour for weeks. Correction is not an insult. If my child was doing a math test and it said 5 times 5 equals and they put 26, I'd first take them out of Myrtle Beach schools. But then after that, I would look at them and I'd say, listen, 5 times 5 is 25. You don't love me anymore. I can't believe you told me. But, but this is wrong. This is the better way to do it. This is how it works. 5 times 5 is not 26. Is 20. I'm, I'm not going to do this anymore. No, 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 no. It's just instruction. It's just correction. Take it. Become wiser. Um, I've told you this story before, and I love the story, but... This, this captain of a, of a ship, he was in the middle of the night. And he looked off and he saw these faint distance, off in the night, these faint lights in the distance of the night sky. Lights way, way ahead. And so he immediately told a signal and he said, send them a message that says, alter your course 10 degrees south. And the message promptly was returned and it said, alter your course 10 degrees north. This captain thought, who do they think they're talking to? You send them back a message, alter your course 10 degrees south. I'm a captain. To which the message came back, alter your course 10 degrees north. 
I'm a retired Navy SEAL. He thought, I cannot believe this. Trying to evoke the most fear possible. He sent them a message again that said, alter your course 10 degrees south. I'm a battleship. To which the reply came back, alter your course 10 degrees north. I'm a lighthouse. A lot of people today, you can't correct them, you can't instruct them, you can't tell them to do anything different, and it's all because of pride. And they wonder why they're at the same place they're at year after year after year after year, and it's a prideful spirit. God can't speak to them. No one can help them. They're full of pride. Here we go. E, prideful person. I make excuses or the humble side. I take responsibility for myself and my actions. I make excuses or, oh, why can't you tithe? I can't tithe because I don't have the money. No, you can't tithe because you spend $40 a week on beer. That's why you can't tithe. Well, why don't you, why do you go from job to job to job? Well, my bosses just don't like me. No, your bosses don't like that you're always late. That's what they don't like. Well, how, how come you, you don't, you know, you haven't come this far in life or you haven't succeeded in this area? This door hasn't, well, it's everybody else's fault. It's my parents didn't raise me right. My boss doesn't like me. I don't have enough money. I grew up on the wrong side of the, da, 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 on and on and on it goes. Excuses give us permission to stay where we're at in life. Excuses give us permission to fail. Excuses give us permission to, um, to let people know this is why we're not where we want to be or where we're supposed to be. Um, I read a book on Ray Charles years and years ago, and at one point when he was young and started becoming famous, somebody went up to him and was saying, you know, they don't like my music, and they tell me I need to change this, and I'm not changing, and I'll never get gigs, and they were just complaining about where they were at. And Ray Charles said, and I quote, he said, I'm black, I'm blind, and I grew up dirt poor. What's your excuse? So what's your excuse? Why aren't you where you're supposed to be at? Do you make excuses or are you quick to take responsibility for your life and your actions? I've read this before. Be big enough to admit your mistakes, smart enough to learn from them, and strong enough to correct them. F. I continue to struggle in the same areas or I seek and apply knowledge from wise people. Are you the same person you were five? This is a good way to tell how prideful or humble. Because see, some of you, I believe, are very humble and you don't even realize it. So here's a good way to tell. How different are you from five years ago, three years ago, two years ago? Some of you don't even realize the changes in your life that God's made, that God's made. Because you're coming to church and serving and giving and, and worshiping and doing your thing and, 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 and you're, you're letting God feed you, you don't even realize the changes in your life until you actually think about and look back where you were five years ago. Um, uh, I, there's, there's, I don't even realize how, how different I am until I, I look back at, um, at notes that I made years ago and I think, man, I can't believe I said that or thought that. Or I'll look at movies I watched years ago and, and can't even believe that. Or I'll see a friend from high school. And he'll, the friends, the exact same they were 20-something years ago, I'm thinking, dude, you still got the same, you know, bleeping mouth. You still got the same addictions in your life. And it's just like, man, we're not in high school anymore, you know. You still want to fight everybody that looks at you the wrong way. How much have you changed? This is a big one. It says in Proverbs 26, 11, dogs eat their vomit just as fools repeat their folly. Gee, in some areas I know more than God... Or the Bible is my final authority. And this is actually a big, see, pride causes us to be deceived. This is actually a big one. Let me, let me explain this to you. I know people, even ministers, and we can all be deceived, every one of us. None of us are too good to be deceived. None of us are too spiritual to be full of pride, okay? We all can have that. 
And I'm a minister, and man, the Bible can be black and white on a subject. I mean, it's as clear as day, God's heart on something, and they will totally believe something different. And I just don't understand that. So here's what I'm saying. You don't have to like what's in the Bible. You don't even have to apply it to your life. But if you're humble, you'll say, no matter what I think, no matter what I feel, and no matter what I want, the Bible is God's word and it's the final authority in my life. And if I believe the sky is blue and the Bible says the sky is green, the Bible's right and I'm seeing things. So that's humility versus pride in this area. And, they, and these are basically this is all David or Saul. The whole thing is David or Saul. Um, where are we at? H? Yep. I resist or buck authority or I submit to authority with a good attitude. Are y'all having fun yet? How many of y'all have very prideful parents? Y'all are so good not to raise your hand at all. Uh, let's see. Um, I resist or buck authority or I submit to authority with a good attitude. It's easy to submit whenever you agree, but I'm talking about when that person doesn't agree, what's their attitude like? Here we go. Uh, I, I'm highly opinionated or I always ask lots of questions. You can tell how prideful somebody is in a five-minute conversation with them. Do they talk about themselves? I think what I'm doing, what I think needs to happen, the way I would do it is this. I believe, da 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 da. Or are they asking questions about your life? How's your kids? How are you? What's been going on with you lately? You look so good. Oh, I think you're so blessed. You know, God sure does love you. Are they talking about other people or are they talking about themselves? That's the big question. See how prideful somebody is in five minutes' time. The last one, Jay. I'm jealous when others succeed or I celebrate the success of those under me. This is Saul, man, right there. Remember, Saul was so jealous of David, but Jonathan, Jonathan celebrated him. I'm jealous when others succeed, or I celebrate the success of those under me. I'm going to give you two points, and I'll let you go. Um, I could do a 10-week series on pride and humility, and it still would not explain to you all of God's heart on the subject. In fact, I could prove to you the way we're going to be judged at the judgment seat of Christ is based on humility or pride. I could prove that and hold to you out, out the Word of God. But here's the point. It's incredibly important to be humble, to have humility in your life, to let that fruit of the Spirit grow. But if you want those around you who you love to be humble, if you want your spouse to admit mistakes, if you want your spouse to admit when they're wrong, if you want your children to say, I'm sorry, I shouldn't have done that, you have to create an atmosphere of humility. There has to be an atmosphere of that in your home. Here's how you create an atmosphere of humility. You remain lighthearted, and you're willing to discuss your mistakes. Our children and our friends will learn more from how we respond to the mistakes we've made, how quick we admit them, how quick we repent. They'll learn way much more from our mistakes and how we handle them than they will our successes. You can have a lot of money saved up in the bank. You can have created great businesses. You can pass down you know, vehicles to your kid. You can do all kind of great stuff. But our children and our, our spouse and people, they'll learn more from how we handle our mistakes than our successes. So to create an atmosphere of humility, you can't go to your spouse and, I can't believe you. Nah, 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 nah. The second your finger comes up, defense mechanisms come out, and they're not going to ever say, I'm sorry, and it's always going to be somebody else's fault. So you can't say, you're so prideful, you can't admit when you're wrong. Nobody would do that with a finger pointing at them, and nobody would have that attitude talking back to them. Same with your kids. I'm going to do, you're grounded for three weeks now, let's talk about what you did. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Well, I doubt you would ground them if, if you had an atmosphere of humility, and you said to them, listen, 
I've done that when I was young and I didn't handle it the right way and I lost this privilege and this happened in my life. I would love for you to learn from this. You tell me what you think you could have done better. And they're so much more apt to respond with humility than with pride. So that's being an atmosphere of humility. The last point I want to give you is this, and this is a good three or four minute point for your notes. You see that stuff on Job on your handout? All my life I've heard preachers talk about Job and they talk about how, you know, Job went through all this bad stuff for no reason and on and on. I don't believe that's true. Now, I'm not a great theologian, but I want to give you a synopsis of the entire book of Job and just see what you think, okay? In Job chapter 1, Satan attacks Job. We know that part. Job chapter 1, Satan attacks him. Um, In chapter 2 through chapter 31, those 29 chapters, Job has three friends that keep asking him, chapter after chapter after chapter after chapter, what have you done? Why is the devil stealing all this stuff from you? Why did you lose your business? Why did you lose your family? Why did you lose your health? What's going on? And Job keeps saying, I've done nothing wrong. Everything good I did, everything bad I didn't do. I've done great. I haven't done anything bad. You know, I've I've always honored God. Everything I did was perfect. I always go to church, always do this kind of stuff. And we do the same thing. When we walk with God, especially those of you that are older, the longer we walk with God, the more addictions He breaks off of our life, the more peace He gives us, the more joy and wisdom and discernment we have. And we get to this point as leaders, as pastors, as when we start praying for people at the altar, when we lead worship, when we teach Sunday school Bible studies, we get to this point where we think, look at what I've done. I have overcome this. I have overcome that. I have gained this knowledge. I have gained this anointing in my life. Look at what I have done. Now I am going to pray for you and I'm going to teach you. Look at all that God has done in my life. And look, I do not have those addictions anymore. And every now and then we throw God in there, but most of the time we think, and then you look at somebody else that does have those problems and you think, ah, you need to be like me. You need, to, you need to follow in my footsteps and listen to what I have to say and watch me teach you things and all this kind of stuff, okay? That's what Job was doing. In Job chapter 32, a young man by the name of Elihu shows up. And it says this, Finally, these three men stopped arguing with Job because he was righteous in his own eyes and he was convinced he was innocent. Then a bystander named Elihu lost his temper because Job justified himself rather than God, even made himself out to be better than God. In chapter 33, 8 through 9, I heard Job say, I am clean without transgression. I am free from sin and iniquity. Only Jesus Christ could make that statement. Nobody else. Job thought he was righteous because of what he did that was good and what he didn't do that was bad. And the same thing happens to all of us. Here's why I'm who I am because I don't do this anymore. And here's the things I do. I do tithe and I do come to church. And, I do, and we get this religious, prideful spirit. And God responded in Job 38 through 41. Here's how he responds. You idiot. That's what God says to Job over and over. You idiot. And then finally in Job chapter 42, he repents. Don't allow what you have done right and what you have not done that was wrong. Don't allow 
that to cause you to feel like you are better than others because at any moment God could take it from you just like that. Don't allow a prideful spirit to rise up inside of you where you stop hearing from God. You stop growing, stop changing. You think you know better than everybody else. Don't allow a prideful spirit to cause you to feel like that you have a right to something good, which none of us do. We, the only thing we, 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 we should all be in hell. <laughs> the only reason you are anything today is because Jesus allows it in your life. Because He has given it to you and because He has blessed you. So don't let pride stop you from being all God's called you to be. Amen.